0: on this show we cover the biggest news stories give our fact-based opinions and we also interview many great people from all over the fruited plains these are the stories and experiences that make up the fabric of this great country this isn't just any show this is the matt and chan show welcome back to the matt chan show we have miguel montoya from fresno pacific university we're going to do an open dialogue about immigration miguel welcome to the show
1: Miguel um I'm a incoming senior this year at President City University. I'm mm-hmm. majoring in criminology uh with a minor in Spanish and uh, the what could be like my specialization I guess is primarily victimology and terrorism um, yeah, I mean. That's basically it. That's like a very small, concise way of doing it. I don't want to take too much time on that.
0: Yeah, for sure, uh, Miguel. What got you interested in, in going into this major and studying that?
1: Um, criminology is is basically I mean, like and since I was a kid, I have always been interested in like crime and like you know like the you grow up hearing like you know stories about serial killers and like the swat. And as a kid, you just kind of like fall in love with that type of stuff. Um, And as I got older, I I started to see, especially this past year, how much criminal, how diverse criminology is, Um, you know, like the subfields of terrorism, counterterrorism fall into that. Um, And, you know, I think terrorism is something that a lot of people, and this isn't, you know, to bash on people, but like, like misunderstand or it's typically misrepresented. Mm -hmm. Um, Even in the media, like there's a big disconnect between like what scholars would, as terrorism and what um, you know like CNN, BBC or Fox would define so I think you know trying to get a real understanding of what we're dealing with and like what's the best way to uh, to address these issues because it seems like they're constantly in our you know in our media platforms our social media platforms but we don't actually sometimes know what we're looking at or trying to grapple with here so that's what pushed me into this field
0: Sweet. And that's, that's awesome. yeah, and even in pol- in politics, kind of one of the things where I went into my major is, hey, I want to have this dialogue, so I'm happy you came on, and we're going to hop right into it. So in recent years, immigration, like you said, terrorism, these are big topics, especially that's usually what people, people want safety, protection, and we see these topics. So we're going to, we're going to get it started. We're going to go right into it, and we're going to talk about immigration. Donald Trump, he comes out in 2015 we need to build a wall. He comes out, and he pushes really hard for border protection. What are your thoughts on, like, our current immigration system and what the president has done the last few years? And if you want to go back, you can kind of – wherever you kind of want to go with that, and then so we can kind of get a stance, and then me and Chandler will discuss our viewpoint.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it, it's it's a difficult topic. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is it's typically – like the walls typically brought up to to you know reinforce the point of it's gonna reduce like drug trafficking, it's gonna hinder sex trafficking, um, et cetera, et cetera. And from what I've understood, a lot of these these DTOs, what which they're designated as, drug trafficking organizations, um, like of open areas in, in the desert but from what I've understood a lot of it comes in through like trailers or like narco submarines I don't know if you guys saw the footage I think it was like a year ago mm-hmm. where the Coast Guard found a narco submarine and like had like $30 million in coke wow um, it's, it's, it's it's a it's a funny video <laughs>
2: um,
1: mm-hmm. it's like a minute long I think um, so I, I think the walk um it's kind of like a misguided investment and not to say that we shouldn't you know be trying to hinder these drug trafficking organizations but I think there's a much better way to do it um and this isn't just an attack on him I think there's also like going back to the Obama administration like been a lot of misguided ways that were implemented to try to attack the cartels, and, like, the first one that comes to mind is, like, I don't know if you guys remember this, like, the drug-running scandal, I mean, the the gun-running scandal, um, Fast and Furious, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where they let guns, like, basically, from what I've understood, like, walk into Mexico to see, like, where they're going, and they ended up losing track of them, Um, and then a Border Patrol agent ended up getting killed, so um, it's just, I think it's funny that sometimes we look at, like, very simplistic solutions like the wall or like, hey, we're going to let 2,000 guns run to Mexico to track them down um, to try to deal with these very complex issues. Um, a lot of times I think it's more like of like, like uh, ways to get easy votes. Like a lot of people think it'll, it'll solve the issue immediately, but I think honestly, with the way these organizations run, they'll just adapt. Mm-hmm it'll they'll, they'll adapt to the wall they'll build tunnels I mean we've seen it before I definitely don't think um, they're against using planes as they have before and bribing officials so um, that's just kind of my two cents on the wall like I said like I, I I'm not against uh, you know protecting our borders uh, protecting um, you know our agents um, but I, I think there's a, a better way to go about it than spending you know xyz on the wall i'm not an expert on it but
2: yeah if you don't mind uh, me jumping in so i i've heard like from uh was a former head of uh, border control is like a, a big proponent of the wall uh, but i've also heard a lot of people say like we need more uh, sort of like high tech surveillance and, and mm-hmm. identification of like these more specific points of entry if it's like a uh, un, unprotected uh, land crossing, or if it's a tunnel, or or the or both by air or by sea. Mm. Um, do you, are you aware of any? Not necessarily like an easy, like simple solution. Like you said, a, a wall is one aspect of it. Uh, do you think just more funding towards uh, towards uh, organizations that are responsible for controlling into our country uh, do you think it's a, a funding issue or do you think it's a leadership issue um, wh- where do you see this is where what's the first step towards uh, minimizing uh, drug and sex trafficking into the country um, you know I've, I've done a little bit of
1: work on, on drug trafficking um, a little more so than than sex trafficking and human trafficking so I think I'd be able to speak to that a little more
2: um,
1: I know at one point I um, think it was like the Sinaloa cartel this came from an agent so this is anecdotal um, they were using like petroleum trucks so what they would do is they would put like methamphetamine um, in first and then the gasoline or petroleum in first um, I don't remember what it was this is like two years ago when he told me so mm-hmm. what happened is that the petroleum or the gasoline would go for, like rise to the top and the drugs would stay at the bottom so whenever they suspect just, when even if the dog like suspected of it and they would try to like you know uh, try to get the dog to sniff it out the smell of the petroleum was so strong the dog wouldn't be able to smell the methamphetamine um mm-hmm. and you can't really from what i was told like distinguish through cameras like what was what so you know unless you made the petroleum truck stop and like do a thorough search of it um which i mean you have you know constitutional protections there you know what's the burden of proof there um uh to search a vehicle you know bumper to bumper as they would. Um, I don't know if they would have the burden of proof there. That would be, you know, something a lawyer, (laughs) ask a lawyer or an agent. Um, So I think, I don't know if it's necessarily so much of a funding issue as so much as like, we kind of need to look at like both sides of the issue. Like why are so many drugs coming into the U.S. and why are are they coming in so easily, if you will? Um, Like, you know, the study I looked at from the University of Michigan Journal Law Reform um, that discussed ATF, the, the gun running scandal um, asserted that the United States is the highest consumer of, of drugs. So I think we need to like also look at what we could do at home to reduce that demand because so it's kind of like the supply and demand thing. You know, if people aren't consuming drugs, the market goes down in theory. Um, so I think not only do we have to, you know, help try to reduce the the amount that's consumed at home, but we also have to, you know, target the DTOs in ways that'll hurt them, and I think, you know, kind of also going back, I do think it's kind of like a leadership thing, um, during, I think it was, I guess, like, either Reagan's or Bill Clinton's, I can't remember anymore, you know, I think it was probably both, honestly, shared. Um when the DEA was really ramping up against, like, Pablo Escobar and Cali.
0: Yeah, the war on um, drugs.
1: The war on drugs, basically, was, like, really starting to get beefy and ugly, Um, we thought that, you know, taking out the head would really, you know, dismantle organizations. And I think, you know, after, you know, the war on drugs, after so many years, I think it's been 30, 40 years, um, the war on terror, it's been, you know, at least a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, We've seen that, you know, taking out the heads doesn't necessarily work. Um, if anything, it tends to make things worse because then, you know, you had, When you have a one organization, you at least know where everybody falls in. But then you splinter the head. You know, three people compete for what used to be the head. Now you have three different cartels, and then you have four, five, six, and they kind of end up proliferating. And that's also what happens in you know um, Chicago, with the gangs take out the head, become smaller cliques, smaller groupings. So I think that's it's it's a really hard thing to say, like what what an easy solution would be to it because it would have to come from both sides of the border and probably even further. Cause you know, you, you'd have to see where the opium's coming from, you know, who's supplying, what, where are these submarines coming from? Um, it's a difficult issue, but I, I, I'm certain that it's going to take a lot more than, um, like installing a new head of like, you know border patrol or DHS I think it's going to be a long fight um I just think as of now from what it looks like it's been a really misguided fight kind of like dictated a lot by like what's well I think it's called like the common sense hypothesis like you know like the best solution is what's common sense um that's not always I think the best idea you know chopping off the head won't really do much so I I definitely think we shouldn't um that shouldn't be our main
2: objective.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know if that helps at all. I know that was kind of long winded.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I know Chandler brought up that point, and uh, I know you talked about the wall. The wall's not going to be the the only thing that we're looking at at the border. And yeah. I know when you hear wall, people go, "Oh, the wall!" Like they're thinking, and it's like, and they see this these these slats, these metal slats. There's there's this misguided. I think, like you said, like in our media, immigration. And they kind of only do the surface point. And they only look at certain sides. And that's on everything. Fox News, CNN, both sides of the aisle. And we've heard flip sides of the aisle. We've seen like Barack Obama, Chuck Schumer, a lot of these these, uh, Democrat leaderships um, in 2006, they were fully support of putting in more fencing. And even um, when Barack Obama was elected, like you said, the immigration system and everything, they wanted to push for it. But now there's this push for open borders, and I, I know you said that you're not support. like, we still need to protect our borders, and I think, I like your perspective on it, is that we need to do a better job at looking, like, into these, it's it's very complex, there's a lot of issues you can go into with, with um, drug enforcement, like you said, like, with the petroleum, you don't know if, like, it's in there or not, but I think the wall, I think, or fencing, or border, some kind of barrier along, along our southern border will allow us to start I think if we secure the border, then we can start looking at other issues after that. But until we secure the border, I think, and get people through points of entry, we really can't go in and start adding all these technological, like, We I think that's just the first part. And I think, I think you would have to agree that then we would be able to, like you said, there's submarines, like we have submarines, you have planes. And like Chandler brought up, like technology and drones and, and, and stuff along the lines of that. So it's like, how can we... How can we get to those? But I think the first step is building some kind of barrier so then we can manage if that's, and that's the number, that's that's sovereignty 101. I think if we can secure our borders, then we can start addressing other issues. But I know it's such a, tough topic and you can kind of dive we could probably be here for three hours talking about this issue because you could probably go yeah okay, definitely. okay like what are we going to do exactly about the submarines like what are some are we going to do are we going to have more coast guard are we going to do this and then okay what about on our southern border are we going to do more agents are we going to do drones are we going to do more cameras like how much money is this going to cost like we can really get into the details and um and i think the big thing now is like you hear political talking points and and there's this there's this, this uh, desire for power. And I know this is like where the politics come into it, where I think it's just like protecting the nation should be the first, first thing. And I know when you said, yeah, you can go in and take the head of the, like you said, the war on drugs. Okay, we're going to go take the top out. But we saw in the Middle East, we got into these conflicts. We said, we're going to take the leader out. And then all of a sudden, everything collapsed. Oh, and we're going to make it into another America. We're going to make it into this. But the thing is, it doesn't work that way and i'm i'm so against like foreign conflicts i think america needs to take a step back focus on domestic issues but i think we've been so like we have a lot of this is where the conservative movement like the neocons they really support we need to go and get into every conflict in the middle east and we're just obsessed with it but we need to pull back and really focus on that i think i think you're going to make some major moves especially since you're going into this field i think that would be it'd be good to be able to go hey what are what are some solutions um, and that's kind of my piece. I don't know if you had any response. Um, I just think the border the border, is a, a necessary step to go in the right direction.
2: Yeah, definitely. Oh, Chandler, did you want to go ahead? Sorry, we even kind of... Yeah, I, 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 I just wanted to make a point that, or, or highlight something that you uh, said briefly there um, about how, like, a wall, is, it, it has this, there's, like, this tangible element to it when you tell voters we're gonna build a wall, like there's a, there's almost like a spiritual response that uh, that follows that, um, and and I'm not I'm not one of those guys who thinks that uh, Trump is a 4D chess player and that he he understands every intricate uh, detail of what he does. I mean he goes by his gut a lot of the times, a lot of times a lot of the times he time he's not. Um, and uh, anyway, that, I think though, that the idea. You can't tell voters, or, or you're probably not going to win if you tell voters in America we need to stop buying so many drugs um, because yeah, it's, it's just not, it's a, it's a hard message to sell. Even though I, I think you're right, I think if we can cut the, uh, the demand um, for uh, illicit drugs, that would be uh, extremely helpful if we could um, yeah, just, uh, integrate a lot of the things that you're laying out. I think I agree. It would be much more beneficial than a wall alone or, or some sort of uh, uh, barrier along our southern border alone. Uh, uh, but I, I do think that that is one component that uh, needs to be addressed and hasn't been for uh, too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: and Matt, I'm sorry, I, I'm world what was your last question before Chandler had spoken I'm
0: so sorry oh I was just saying that like I was kind of re- what Chandler just responded I was just saying like like in my position I think in order to be able to go forward we need to really we really need to secure our border first before we get into other stuff like we can really I think that's like we have an overflow of um, undocumented uh, workers coming into our country we have drugs like drugs that sounds like that's kind of like where you put a lot of your time in and looking at and it's like, we, once we get our border secured, then we can kind of go, okay, what are we gonna do? We have all these different, different questions. What do we do with our immigration system? But I think if we get the border, border fence or barrier in, then we can start working on addressing all these issues. So that was my, my question was like, um, that uh, like you support, I would support a barrier, right? And then other things as well, or what would be your, your big proposition or solution um, in addition?
1: Yeah, um, dang, like, that, that, that's definitely a difficult question, um, I'm going to try to answer it best of my ability. I'm sorry, it's kind of a loaded... Um, I don't know <laughs> if I would spend too much on the wall, because from what I last remember, went to a, a conference, I don't remember, was it? it was this year, I believe, this year it felt like three years put into one, like, it's just, it's terrible. Yeah, I feel... Um, I agree. Yeah, so, I, I know, um... Well, would it look like most undocumented immigrants come from? They over—they essentially overstay their visas.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's um, a lot of it. has come like I think a lot of the re- a lot of the rhetoric. God, I'm so sorry, y'all. It comes from like you know them crossing, you know, like jumping the border or you know swimming across Rio Grande, um, which is 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 still a thing. Um, but at the same time, I think we need to look at like you know what like what has brought us here essentially um i think if we look at generally you know what u.s foreign policy has been, um i can see that us alongside our allies um and you know other countries have kind of made situations to where we kind of make our own like not necessarily enemies but like we create um like, things we're trying to grapple with right now. I'm not trying to say problems or, you know, issues, because these are are real people. Um, So, like, the first one that comes to mind is, like, uh, like, Iraq. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, Like, after, you know, 9-11, after so, you know, XYZ, um, we actually, you know, I think the funny thing to me is, like, Iraq was, like, it's kind of, like, three different talking points. Like, first it was, like, Saddam Hussein has WMDs. The second one is like you know he's supporting Al Qaeda, and the third one was like we're here to promote democracy. Um, so we actually ended up capturing and torturing a, I think he's Libyan. Um, I have an article here somewhere. He was a Libyan paramilitary trailer, trainer. Um, so his name was E. I'm going to Ibn Alivi, a Libyan paramilitary, paramilitary, paramilitary trainer for Al Qaeda. Um, he was interrogated by U.S. forces in 2001, and eventually handed over to the Egyptians, where he was tortured and waterboarded, and he confessed to false knowledge of WMDs. So, you know, we all know the story. Went to Iraq. At least 4,000 American casualties. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult to quantify how many Iraqi casualties, alongside, you know, coalition partners. I know the UK spent like 37. I think it was like 37 million. Million or billion pounds in in you know Iraq and Afghanistan, according to this Terrorism Work by Richard English, um, and I, I imagine that's just a rough estimate. Um, so like you know we went there, we you know implemented debasification of the party, um, and in the words of you know the, the book um, was it uh, Black Lives Rising uh, the Rising of ISIS, um, we kind of set up the scenario to where Not only had we disposed of Saddam Hussein, we had really gotten rid of a lot of their security forces, and we didn't have a plan to secure Iraq Mm -hmm. um, while we were there. So it really set up a scenario to where a lot of Sunnis um, felt, you know, stepped on. And it kind of bought into like this rhetoric that, you know, um, Osama bin Laden had of the West stepping on Muslims and you know, where the West wanting to destroy Muslims. Um, and it kind of pushed a lot of Sunnis from what I've understood into what is ISIS now. You know, we I don't think I have to explain what ISIS is, that's, that's like universal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of times we have, we're too quick to respond to things and we do them in a kind of like capricious way, um, if you will, because, you know, and I I think this goes without saying nine eleven was a horrible event. Um, I still have a very hard time, you know, listening to the interviews of family members, um, talk about like, you know, their brothers, sons, fathers, um, who were lost on that day. Like that that is I'm not trying to justify what, you know, Al Qaeda did or what ISIS does, but you know, um Richard English in his book does mention that, you know, Even though 9-11 was a terrible day, the U.S. invasion of Iraq and what came of it, um, you know, like Abu Ghraib, the prison um, where we tortured people, you know, there was claims of, like, rape, uh, beatings, you know, dogs, biting people and whatnot. Like, a lot of that is going to be overcast historically by what was done in Iraq. Um, And, like, I, I think... We're still in Iraq, and I can say I think uh, a good portion of people would agree that it was probably a huge mistake. I mean, we haven't really gotten much out of it. Not that we, you know, we should have given didn't given like monetary compensation or anything, but I think we could maybe agree disagree here that we kind of destabilized the region, if not, you know, intentionally then unintentionally, Um, and now we're having to deal with this issue. 17 years later um, and I think it kind of also plays this this issue the, this lesson to also kind of been, be handed down to like immigration you know with the ATF giving guns for the cartels like we're creating a situation to where um, people don't necessarily feel safe at home so they flock um, to the United States and we kind of hit them with uh, you know no, I think the Trump administration had moved to make like, at the time of the conference, like 200 new restrictions on immigration itself. So it became harder for people to come over. So that, that's kind of my two cents. I don't know, I was like talking in paragraphs as Splatter and Crowder would say. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I think I, I'd have to agree. I know, like with with um, going into Afghanistan and Iraq, we had okay, we're gonna we're gonna make this a Democrat country, and we had these big plans, and we spent all this time there, and we kept spending money and money and money, because of course military is very profitable, as if you keep sending weapons and you keep keep this war going on and on, and this is kind of one of those things like where we see a lot of the the Rhino Republicans, as we call them, that kind of wanna okay let's let's get into another war like a John Bolton type as he's putting out this new book like these guys really this is where i I'm more like, hey, this is where I kind of buy into that hey, we need to really focus on America first, and I think like you said it's stem like people people want to feel safe in their homes. it's just something hey, we're Americans, and I know Trump has done a lot of things with immigration, and I know we're we're going to going long on this interview, but uh um, I just had a question on what are your thoughts on i know recently he's put a pause we have like 20 24 million people out of work now he's put a pause on visas work visas and i have them right here he has the h1b the h2b the h4 visa the j1 and the l1a visa and he's put a temporary restriction on it till december 31st of this year what are your thoughts on slowing down some of the immigration i think yeah what are your thoughts
2: yeah,
1: uh, you know that, that's that's also a really good question. Um, uh, you know, I haven't done too much like you know, I haven't looked at anything empirical on that. I will admit, um, I've seen a lot of like anecdotal. Um,
0: I can I can explain I know, it real quick if you wanted a little brief. Oh no, no,
1: yeah, I'm just talking about like you know like how many workers are in the U.S. right now that are like on those visas and whatnot. Uh huh. Um. So off the top of my head, I think it's a – I I understand it, like, um, but then at the same time, I'm curious to see as to who it's really impacting um, because I think from what – it could be – I'm curious as to who this is supposed to protect um, because those visas – I think some of them are like student worker visas too. Like,
0: um, yeah, I think that's under. Well, it's there's a J one which is mainly like scholars, professors, things along the lines of that coming yeah. in. And China, China takes the most advantage of that. They send thousands and thousands of students to the United States each year. Um, and then so the H the H one B. This one's it's a non immigrant visa. So these are graduate workers. These are going into the the big the bigger fields like architecture, science, like technology these big tech companies these fortune 100 fortune 500 companies and this is where a lot of the workers um especially amazon came out apple like silicon valley they're they're getting hit really hard because of these visas because they're like okay like you're stopping immigration and the main the main support behind this was that about 500,000 jobs in the united states will be protected until the end of the year just so we can get people back to work um, and create more of an incentive for these jobs. And I know that's jobs, jobs, jobs. You hear it, it's a talking point over and over again. And I think it's important um, to make sure to protect people. And there's already, there's a lot of people that are here working already. And I know this is, it's an executive order that he put into place to protect, protect American workers and people out of work. Um, and then, so then we have the H-2B visa. Um, pretty much, uh, this is just stops uh, employers from temporarily hiring workers. Um, and these are in non-agricultural fields um if they don't come with the h1b um and then the h4 is uh immediate family members that come in on the h1b that that initial one like i said the big tech companies um and then we have the j1 which is a non-immigrant visa um and this one's like you said the the educators the scholars students stuff along the lines of that and then you have your l1a which is just another another bigger one with the tech um so transferring people that are over overseas working for these companies and then just bringing them back in so they're just temporarily pausing immigration and we've seen this throughout the trump administration to kind of slow down uh um just the amount of people coming in so i think i think that's a big issue i think that donald trump is he wants to we want to get everything at home done because i think the united states allows one million um legal immigrants each year and i think there needs to be some balance and that's actually really really a reasonable number compared and very like a lot of people in other countries there's a lot less restriction they have more of a merit-based um so i think my question is do you think we need to go toward a merit-based uh type of immigration system um that's that's one of my propositions i think that we we kind of have to put forward i think to to guarantee that uh the people coming in like you said we still have drugs coming in we have there needs to be some kind of different things at the border to build up. But what were your thoughts on like merit based immigration, um at our borders and stuff along the lines? Um I think
1: merit based immigration I think the first thing that comes to mind um that's that's a tough one. See um I I think there's like a moral side to me, which wants to say, um, n- n- no, not necessarily like merit-based. Um, I think we're gonna be feeling the impacts of our foreign policy for quite some time, um, like Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, uh, Syria to a degree, um, Latin America. Um, so I think we do have a responsibility to rectify, you know, our wrongs, whether they were intentional or unintentional, um, with the people of those nations, um, like to a degree, like, I, I think I kind of alluded to earlier, like we kind of create our, our own, uh, Enemies or like things that we have to grapple with. Like I want, I want to make this distinction between those two. Like I'm not saying immigrants are are enemies or problems. I'm thinking more like more to Iran. Like when we you know uninstalled the, uh, took out the Shah or when the when when the CIA basically helped with the coup. Yep. Um, I think it was like in the 50s. I think it's 53 you know, now we're or 54. Iran. Yeah. So, um, in in that sense, we've kind of created our own enemies and like with the gun running scandal. Um, and, you know, it impacts the people of those nations. Like, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, no one wants to live at home. Um, no one wants, I think the way, I think, I think it was Ken Friesen put it. You know, nobody wants to leave home under those types of situations. Um, like, nobody wants to leave home because of an oppressive regime in the Middle East. Nobody wants to leave home because, you know, Mexican DTOs are always at war, no one wants to leave home because there's a civil war, no one wants to, you know, et cetera, et cetera, it goes on. Um, I'm not sure we'd be doing justice by those people and the the people who have been harmed, the innocent people, um, to say, like, you need to have X, Y, Z in order to come here. Um, So I think in that sense, you know, merit-based immigration is – is kind of illogical, immoral, kind of like in that area. But at the same time, like, I don't think we should let everybody and everybody in. Like, I don't think that's really, like, my, my issue. Like, that's not what I'm proposing either. I think that's where you know? we can
0: agree on right there, I think, is there has to be some kind of balance. Like, I know, like, morally, it's like as a Christian, you just want to be very open and you want to be able to go, okay, we can we can allow all these people in and we can really... We can really just do it. We can be, and we saw it with Europe. Europe really has a very open, open border system, and we've seen how other countries in Europe and around the world have really started to build up barriers and different structures to make sure that they can. Okay, we need to. We have a lot of these people, these refugees, flowing into our country, and I think it's like okay, like morally, it's like wow. But then again, like you said, more on the logical side, you want to be able to, uh, uh, be able to say, hey, okay, I want to know who's coming in, and I think. I think when I when I when I say merit based, I think it's just okay. What can you bring? Like I think Canada has such a strict immigration system. You have to write, you have to do different forms. What are you going to bring? What kind of skills? Yeah, no, yeah. And I think we 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 were so far away. I think like like I think where we started our conversation with the with a border barrier of some sort. I think is an important issue we need to talk about. And I think if we can secure that, then we can start looking. Okay, like what's our foreign policy look like? And Donald Trump has been very like. We need to get. We need to pull troops out. He just pulled out half the troops out of Germany. He's trying to pull more troops out of the Middle East and just allow these countries. Hey, go do your thing. We're gonna go and focus on, I think, our issues here at home. And I think, like, it goes back to you saying safety and uh, other things. Um, so, Miguel, hold on for a sec. I know our Zoom call we kind of have that limit set on it, but I want to continue talking and kind of keep this conversation going. So, we're gonna take a quick break. Um, we'll just no, you're good, man. okay, cool. Um, I know I just think we got a good conversation going right now, and it would be kind of sad not to continue going. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment, guys. So keep listening. Make sure to like and subscribe to The Matt Chan Show, and go like us on Facebook and anywhere you guys get your podcasts. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Matt and Chan Show. Miguel Montoya on the show. So we are going to go into a quick-fire question segment. This isn't going to be a lot of politics. It's going to be a little bit more fun. Just to just to pick Miguel's brain on some different things. So uh, we're just going to start off. So, Miguel, I know you're going into criminal justice and, and and working in like on different issues around terrorism. What do you want to do when you grow up?
1: Uh, that's a good question. The uh, uh, first thing that comes to mind is probably something along the lines of, like, Policy. Um, I don't know exactly what that looks like. Maybe like creating policy briefs, um, but that's that's
2: where I'm looking for okay. like that area.
0: Okay, cool. Chandler, Very you can cool. hit
2: that. I, yeah. Uh, I guess we'll just we'll work through the questions. Um, what is the funniest thing that has happened to you recently? It could be coronavirus related or or just uh, something funny that's happened to you in the last few months. I think
1: funny that's happened. I'm trying to think, what the fuck, um, I kind of have like a, like a, like a, I don't know if it's so much funny as it is, like, weird, um, like, I've had this ongoing issue of, like, every time I put in laundry, one of my Tide Pods, like, kind of, like, half breaks, kind of half doesn't, so, like, my clothes will be washed, but, like, there'll still be, like, like, sticky gunk on it from the Tide pod. So I've had to do laundry. Like, every time
0: I do it, I think
2: I have to do it, like, twice. So it oh,
0: my, my gosh. <laughs> of money. And, like, I
2: don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like, I think those things are pretty cool. So, wow. It, yeah, to to solution, all the people, in, if you have any suggestions for Miguel, go ahead and, like, uh, leave those in the iTunes, uh, iTunes reviews, and, and maybe oh, we can figure that out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or, or on Facebook or wherever. I think that'd be that's a great one. Okay, so Miguel. Music, what's your favorite type of music, favorite jam, like, go-to music?
2: Uh, I think it's, like,
1: you know, I don't really have, like, a favorite kind of music. Yeah, I, I kind of go from, like, anywhere from, like, Metallica to, like, maybe some, like, what's, like, some, like, just some, like, slower rock. Um, I listen to, I also like Frank Sinatra sometimes. Like, it just hey. really just depends on my mood and what I'm doing, really.
0: I love it. I love it. Just a quick follow up on that. So like, I know you're pretty swole, Miguel. So what's that jam? You got to hit the curls. It's the end of a workout. Like what's going to be that song that you're like, okay, that's my boom. I, I'm going to get this right now.
1: Oh man, I haven't worked out in so long, but I think what I used to listen to when I worked out and like I needed to like that juice towards the end, uh, I think... Yeah, I think it would still be some sort of like heavy metal rock. Uh, Nothing comes to mind immediately. I think I would be so focused, like the
2: music wouldn't really do much besides like block everything out.
0: (laughs) Sweet, sweet. In
2: high school, I had a strength coach, and uh, whenever we had a hard lift, he'd always play uh, uh, Inter Sandman uh, by Metallica. Yeah, yeah, something like that would definitely (laughs) help. Oh (laughs) man.
0: I love it, so that's a recommendation from Chandler for our audience. Chandler hit that next question, man
2: yeah so what what or who uh inspires you to uh do what you do uh to get up every morning? What's your inspiration
1: um you know i, I think it's like I have a fictional character and I have a non fictional character like my mom um as you guys may or may not know, like I'm the son of immigrants like she's done so much for me, like, I my, work, my, my work ethic comes from her, um, my feistiness comes from her, like, she, so, so, she basically raised me by herself alongside my, uh, you know, the rest of my family, being a single mom, so my, my non-fictional inspiration comes from her, my fictional inspiration, even though it's like, you know, I guess, sitcom or whatever, is like Jake Peralta. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. So that's where that's that's what helps me get up in the morning. <laughs> that, all seven seasons of uh, Brooklyn 9 on oh, Hulu. I
0: I love that show. Is that your favorite show, Miguel?
1: Yeah, actually, like I used to just have it on as background noise, and now I've like fallen in love with it. It's really good
0: yeah i i always find it hard watching that show i throw it on oh i'm gonna do some homework and then i'd find myself seven or seven episodes in i'm like oh man i better get to my work so I'm like, <laughs>
1: yeah it, it's like a slippery slope because i remember there would be nights where like they'll start an arc and they would like i'll be like i have to finish this I'm like i'm not gonna sleep if i don't finish this <laughs> exactly so it's yeah. like 6 a.m
2: oh. if uh, if you're at the point uh or is it like, probably like season 4 or 5 where uh, Jake and Captain Cole are in Florida uh, yeah yeah like that a, was what made I, me fall into the show you gotta just watch that also like, you, you can't like yeah you, you gotta get through all of uh, that art
1: yeah there's no stopping midway. like yeah that's what made me that's the first time I like binge watched it if you will and like that's where I was like I love this show this is so good
0: mm. okay. yeah totally Alright, Miguel, so just a last quick question. Who's your favorite professor at FPU?
2: Oh, dang. You know that's stuff that's
1: a lot of really good professors. Um You know, I think it'd really be swept between like Alice Meikirk and Ray Nixon. Those two are like brilliant. Um Yeah, they've uh I've had more classes with Ray, but I did do like some independent work with Alice this past semester, um, so I I honestly can't tell, it's like a dead tie between both of them, so they're both really smart, but just in different areas of criminology.
0: Sweet, and so uh, just a quick follow-up, uh, what's a class you would recommend? I'm a political science major. Chandler's a kinesiology major. We're going into different fields. What's one class you feel that you've taken at FPU that you would recommend to somebody like me or Chandler, maybe not in your major, but outside, and be able to to maybe get a better scope of things in your field? What's, which is one that you would recommend?
2: Oh, dang. Um,
1: I think probably, you know, like criminology is such a big field. Um, and there's a lot of myths around it like really depending I think the top three classes I would recommend are victimology corrections and serial killers Um, they're all different types of tones Uh, so like you could all you'll know you find something in there those are three really interesting classes
0: okay sweet I know I have some extra spaces next semester in the spring semester so I'm looking at classes that I've been looking at business criminology has always interests me as well I'm like oh I wish I could just do everything I'm always kind of that person that wants to do a little bit of everything so it's a thanks for that, so Miguel, um, we're all out of time. Thanks for answering those questions. I think it it helps to be like, okay, this is Miguel a little bit some questions. Um, any closing thoughts any anything you want to promote, anything you want to close out with um, you have the mic
2: Yeah, uh,
1: you know, I think the main reason I, I come on here is to engage in um meaningful dialogue um, even though like, we didn't necessarily hit upon, like, anything we, uh, you know, radically disagreed with on here. Um, but I think what bothers me the most, I think, nowadays is, like, both sides have become so extreme. Um, yeah, that I think a Malcolm Expo, uh, that's what I was just looking up, um, like would be applicable here, and it's interesting because it's you know it's been what 40 years since Malcolm X's death, approximately more or less 40 50 years. Um, quote: You're not supposed you're not to be so blind with patriotism that you can't face reality. Wrong is wrong, no matter who says or who does it who says it. Um, I think this quote, you know, not taking a jab at anybody, but can be applicable to both ends. Um, I'm really hoping. That you know, we move away from like what is opinion. Uh, not to say that you know opinions aren't valuable. Opinions are valuable, but I think they need to be rounded in what is is truthful or as to the best of our knowledge. Because it's difficult to say with these things. You know, I know everything. You know, I'm I'm not. I don't even have my BA yet. So I'm sure if you get an actual expert on here, like you know, PhD, JD they'll be able to give you a lot more. Um, and I think that's where a lot of our, you know, political, like, commentary on both the left and the right has come from, like, kind of like presenting half-truths or, like, uh, like, skewing statistics to the best they, their, of their knowledge. Um, yeah, there's some popular, like, YouTube figures on both the left and, on the, and the right that like to do that, um, especially around conversations of, like, rape and sexual assault. Um, which I think what scares me more is that they present it well and people buy into it. Um, it's not so much of what they think. It's, it scares me that they're able to rile people up like that. Um, so I think moving forward, I, I'd love to see more, you know, just evidence-based um dialogue, evidence-based opinions rather than just kind of like, you know, grabbing what the best, you know, YouTube figure has to say and taking it as the truth. Cause I think that's where we get a lot of like problematic thinking on both the left and the right. You know, I don't identify as a, as a Democrat or Republican, so
2: I'm fine with destroying both of them. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's... <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's, that's our clickbait uh, YouTube title. Miguel Montoya destroys Republicans and Democrats.
0: (laughs) There you go. I love it. Yeah, so Miguel, thanks again for coming on the show. I I totally agree. I know both sides do it, and we really need, I think, to get back to the foundation of truth. I think, like you said, it's so easy now. Everybody has a platform on social media, and you can just go put it out there, put it out there, and, and YouTube, and we have people that okay, this is what we'll use. And then you have to look into it. You have to research. And I know me and Chandler on this show since the beginning, it's like, hey, like we're college students. Like we're no experts at this. We're just out here. We wanna keep an open dialogue. I'm really gonna to try to get some kind of debate on campus this year and just have an open forum debate on, on issues that are facing college students and the country so we can start hearing opinions from students. I think FPU, we haven't had a debate since freshman year. And I think it was a DACA debate and i think just creating more open dialogue i think that's a big thing like an open mic kind of night um on big topics and i think that's what it sounds like you are and it's it's nice to know it's like you sound like you're a free thinker. You, you want to use evidence. You want to use facts instead of just going at somebody's throat. And I think that was a, a great example today. It's like we actually agreed a lot more than maybe we thought. I know you were like, man, we might disagree on some stuff. And there's little tiny things. But I think the majority of people, I think, agree more on certain things. But if we continue to focus on what divides, we're just going to continue this. Everybody's going to be at, e- th- at each other's throats. And like you said, left and the right, it's just, it's just doing this. Just The gap is just one. Yeah
2: that is kind of like oh can I drop names or like it's not somebody on campus or anything yeah like I think like
1: um like what comes to mind is like the first one and it's kind of like I know I'm naming by no means I'm an expert on you know Steven Crowder but when he kind of does like his like change my mind debates like he's kind of like I think he's intentionally trying to trap people like you realistically like not a lot of people have you know sexual assault abortion data statistics federal definitions on the you know the back burner um so i think he likes to trap people like random people on the street with like controversial topics and kind of make a very gross over generalization of what the left is and kind of like the opposite side of the point of that is um maybe something like the young turks um kind of like taking it you know like a, a right wing nut job and like saying this is all of the right. Um, I hate both of those, you know, I think Crowder isn't funny or as funny as he thinks. I think sometimes he does make some solid points, but I think when he does these like, you know, like little change on my mind tables. like he's doing it intentionally to make like a talking point. And I think that's ultimately what's been dividing a lot of us. Um is like shows like that. Not to say you know you shouldn't seek out opinions or anything, but um, when you get when you intentionally try to upset people and try to get a certain reaction out of them, um, I think it's more for views rather than actual dialogue. Um, same thing with the left. Like ultimately, it's kind of what I think personally, alongside with the, like a lot of opinion in the news rather than the actual news um, has been kind of like. Pushing in the middle and like pushing the left towards to the left and the right more towards
2: the right, and kind of like a ticking time bomb, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I saw recently. Uh, are you familiar with who Tim Poole is? Ah, that yeah. name sounds familiar, but I I don't I don't have a face with it. Okay, he he's uh, I discovered him on YouTube, uh, and, and he's I think a fairly liberal um, podcaster. Uh, but recently he's engaged with some people like Steven Crowder. Uh, and, and he was talking about how, like, extreme the left and the right are getting, and he was sort of laying out, like, uh, his uh, his opinion of what could spark a, a civil war uh, in the very near future in America. And, and, like, what he laid out seemed fairly realistic and uh, and not that implausible. And I think you hit the nail on the head, and, and I'm really glad that not only do you think that, but you also were willing to... Uh, to come on and engage with us and sort of put your money where your mouth is uh in terms of like we need to just talk with each other um uh, and not at each other right like we right. have so many conversations where and i i agree i i see good change my mind segments and bad change my mind segments and sometimes Stephen actually listens and sometimes he just talks over everybody And that uh, yeah um, definitely <laughs> so yeah and i think like, if we, can, if we can talk with each other instead of at each other or over each other, um, then, then we're going to unify, even if we disagree. Like, is it the whole point? Uh, I remember it must have been, like, four to seven years ago, tolerance was, like, the biggest virtue you can have, right? Like, the, the, the best thing you can be is tolerance. Um, and, and I think we forgot, though, that uh, in order to be tolerant, you have to disagree with somebody. Like, you don't tolerate things you agree with. You tolerate things that you disagree with. So, like if I disagree that you, you know, think this certain way or, or dress this certain way or, or want to engage in these kind of behaviors, um, I think it's appropriate to be like, "Yes, I disagree with you," but that doesn't make uh, make us enemies just because we disagree on some topic. I, I think it just makes us uh, it makes us citizens.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a solid point, Chandler. I think, yeah, you really hit it home with that. Yeah, um, I mean, like, ultimately, like, I think, like, going back to what I had said, is a lot of these very popular YouTube figures, like, they're not, I, like I said, they're not dumb. Like, they're not. They're very brilliant people. They know what they're talking about. But I think a lot of times um, we kind of, not we as us here, but, you know, people outside, and to, maybe even some of us here, um, kind of hold them on a pedestal, and they're um, like we see them as like the solution to everything. Um, that's generally what I get like the sense I get from like some of the YouTube comments and like you know like the Instagram comments or whatever. not that it's like anything you know science or rooted in evidence um, <laughs> you know, I think we need to like take a step back and look at what what they're really saying and where they're getting their stuff from. um I know. I'm going to hone in on him specifically like louder with Crowder likes to use like FBI stats and DOT stats. They're not wrong. Like he's not mis he's not lying to you. Um, but I think, you know, looking at the stats you get to them, like they're not the best pile of stats he could get, you know? Um, I think that's where he, I don't think he's unintentionally, I don't think he's ignorant. So I think he's intentionally doing stuff like that to, to make a point, um, you know, like, the UCR data is a small thing. It's like, you another know, thing that FBI compiles isn't the best way to look at crime sometimes. There's the NCVS, which is a survey that's distributed every so often, I don't remember how often, which is a much better indicator of a crime. Um, so I think that's where I kind of get skeptical of some of these figures on, you know, and the Young Turks. Um, sometimes I'm just like, dang, like, y'all are really, like, yeah, I don't even know what to do with y'all. Y'all are just too much.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, uh... yeah
1: it, it's really difficult to engage um, in meaningful dialogue um, you know from experience knowing that i I've, I've been on not literal extreme both ends of, of both sides, but I've been you know honed in on the right and honed in on the left um, the, I think we as a society really need to take a step back from these figures um, and value um, you know, of a wide range of like actual expert opinion, um, like doctors, scholars who have spent their lives, um, you know, researching these topics. Um, because I think, to a degree, you know, being a political commentator only only gives you so much; it only takes you so far. Not to demean their, you know, profession or their their what they do, but it's really difficult. To say that, you know, someone like the Young Turks or, you know, Vladimir Crowder or Shapiro knows more than someone who spent, you know, 30 years in the field of counterinsurgency and terrorism. Um, I think that's kind of a weird thing to try to argue, for me at least.
0: Yep. I, I think I agree with that. And I think dialogue is the key. And that's kind of what we started this show on, As me and Chandler, we'd start talking about a topic Just sitting at lunch, and we're like, man, let's uh, let's just discuss something, and we'll okay, maybe we don't agree here, maybe we agree here, and we're okay, and then we're like, let's just start a podcast. And one of the goals that I've been trying to do this summer is trying to hear different voices and different opinions, so then we can go, oh, we actually agree on this, but like you said, you you tend to generalize people by their political party because there's so much, there's a big spectrum. You have left and right. They might be more of a classical liberal. And want certain things, but then you have like the extreme where it's like, Okay, we just want the government to just take care of everything, all of this stuff. And I think that's like the leadership side. But you can't over there's there's good Democrats, there's good Republicans, and there's bad bad Democrats, bad Republicans. Definitely, and like you yeah. and there's and then there's this independent group that you said, like, they're not gonna keep statistics on the back of their their mind. They're not gonna go, Oh man, I know this, blah 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 blah. It's like no, it's like generally I think citizens are gonna they're gonna they're gonna look at their different people and they're gonna sometimes they'll just they'll eat it up. I think it's it's like on the far right and the far left on some of these, and it's like it's like eating popcorn oh, okay, you just keep eating it, and I think um, that's what we get. It's just like oh man, it sounds good to hear it's my side, it's my side only, but then you don't look at the other side and you're like, oh, and then they're doing the same thing, so then there's never a consensus, there's never any thing that you agree on, but I think today was a good, good testament of being able to just go, okay, like let's let's talk about border security okay what do we want to talk exactly are we going to really focus on immigration are we going to talk about drugs like there's so much we, we could spend three or four hours talking about all these issues yeah we definitely. could like have you on every week for the next uh year and we and we'd still wouldn't be done um yeah so i thank you for coming on miguel i want to just keep pushing out to students i think i want to be and help be a platform to get people's opinions and people to just have some different opinions to be able to to speak up on the different issues. I think the students students' voices are always I think generalized. They think okay, this generation Generation Z, this is everything they think. But then it's like no, that's that's not everybody. Um, and you always hear that oh the boomers the boomers think this or like people generalize. And I think we really gotta gotta have dialogue. So I thank you Miguel for coming on the show. Um, yeah, it was it was great having you. Thanks, guys. All right, Miguel. We'll have Thank you on you. soon, man.
2: Of course. See you guys around. Take
0: care. All right, you too. Yeah,
2: you
0: too. Bye. All right, bye. All right, guys.
2: That. Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, guys, make sure to like and subscribe to the Matt and Chan Show so we can keep bringing you this great content. We spend hours doing research we we try to bring on interesting guests i love miguel coming on the show today just to have a civil dialogue it's great to be able to go hey we actually agree a lot more than we actually disagree um and it's it's great to have that um so make sure to like and subscribe hit that beautiful purple subscribe button on itunes make sure to drop a five-star review if you like what you're getting and hit that follow button on spotify chandler any closing thoughts and you can uh finish the show up for us
2: Sounds good. Uh, I, I think I'll just echo that uh, what we talked about—not not necessarily the details of what we talked about on immigration, but sort of that last closing uh, point that Miguel made—I um, think is something that I like to echo: is that, you know, have conversations with people. Have conversations with people you might not agree with, uh, and even if they're like uncomfortable, and the other person isn't really willing to talk with you. Keep trying to listen to them and, and talk with them, it, whether that's your, uh, you know, your, your friends or uh, a professor or a co-worker or whatever it may be. Uh, have these hard really actually, actually make it a, uh, a dialogue uh, rather than a monologue. So um, with that in mind, thank you so much for listening to the show. And until next time, this is The Matt and Chan Show.